you are listening to the Kinetic Man Podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm David. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living a life defined by uncommon action that is full of purpose, adventure, and meaningful relationships. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours and together achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to leave the potential life behind and become kinetic men. What's up, everybody? Hey, this is Stu. And uh, John Mark Comer, one of my favorite authors and uh, podcast hosts, said once that one of the main jobs of a parent is to study your children and help unfold them into the man or woman that God made them to be. I think that we do this through um, asking good questions and um, engaging in conversation. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I've asked, you know, my kids before, like, hey, how was your day? And uh, their standard answer is good or fine. And that doesn't get very far. So um, in the Kinetic Man Mastermind, we challenge men to to ask good questions and to engage in conversations so we can get to know our kids better. Um, so what we did was come up with 100 questions. We came up with a list of really good questions to ask that will engage in conversation with your kids and, uh, and they're awesome. Uh, here's an example of one. If you wanted to make everyone on the planet smile, how would you do it? Or if you had a time machine, where would you go and why? You'll be amazed at this conversation that you have with your kids when you ask these good questions. Ask them in the car when you're taking them to school. Ask them around the dinner table. Engage in that and be ready to answer those yourself. You'll be amazed at what happens. If you like this list, you can email us. Email takeaction at thekineticman.com. Again, that's Take action at the kineticman.com and we'll send you that uh, list of questions for free. Put 100 questions in the subject and we'll send it right over. Take action, engage with your family, ask good questions. See you. Men, Connect Men Retreats. If you've not been to one, we're on our fourth iteration, September 27 through 29, Empire, Colorado. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You will come there. One man, you'll leave a changed man. You're going to be surrounded by a group of ninja individuals. You're going to eat. We're going to keep you active so that you don't get too fat because the food is amazing. The You're going to be spoiled with, with just the, the, the level of the retreat. But I'll tell you, it is such a life-changing event that you are absolutely missing out if you do not participate in one of these events. So come join us. Go to thekineticman.com. Sign up. Be different. Be better. Do something, get it. All right, here we go. David, giddy up, How are giddy you? up. Stuart, Matt, gents, look at Matt, dude. I just want to say for those not on video, there's some bald beauty going on right now. Right That's on. Be a good I like that you called it beauty. <laughs> I can, I can tell it's gonna be a great interview. Mount number today. You are. You are. But we do have three Naval Academy alumni on this call today. I'm pretty stoked That's about true. that. Beat Army. Oh, that's Beat right. Beat Army. That's right. No, that's good. Uh, the only thing you can make it better is if you're 02. But, I mean, 05, 05 that's fine. That's, uh, I think we're, uh, I think it's going to be a, a great combo. And, hey, you know, one thing, uh, Matt's a dad. We are just talking, you know, he's a husband. He's got three kids. We're talking about our uh, our daughters and, and uh, you know, hitting the age of 12, which is, a, I think, a, a magic number for uh, attitude shifting and 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 there's some things we're experiencing together but i heard something uh and i'm trying to remember where i heard it but it was so i'm coaching football and then i'm watching my daughter uh excel with this new team that she's on and uh we're, we're over three <laughs> with the football team uh coach fifth graders uh if anybody who has you know daughters who play soccer man they're tough 
Like they are these 12 year old girls that just got to the bigger field, um, you know, and, and they are, they are tough, man. Like I, in one game, I watched uh, two girls go down. One broke her wrist, did not want to come out. And then one broke her thumb and did not want to come out of the game. And they're like, you have to, like, we have to take you out of the game. And they're just tough, man. The whole game, they're just battling, battling. And then I, I, uh, contra- contrast that with my fifth grade boys that I coached <laughs> and, Dude, I'll tell you, man, there's a switch that happens. I think it probably is around seventh or eighth grade is, is, is what I'm being told. But everything up to that point, every single play, every play, one of these boys is crying and they're down. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, <laughs> nothing wrong with crying. I, I fully embrace it. But they're literally every single down, somebody on uh, somewhere on the field is hurt. And 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 they just it's just a funny contrast to see how how just these girls will play through anything and these boys will play through nothing like oh i got some this last game one of the kids i got some sweat in my eyes i'm like bro like it's football like we I, <laughs> me and the coaches are always saying it's football it's football. like this is football like if if you don't like to get bumps and bruises like this is not the game and this this is like tackle football right tackle like football, with full, pads. Full tackle, yeah. all all out tackle football that's 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 uh, what i'm coaching anyways I'm trying to remember as a resource. I wish I could remember it as a resource um, who said it, but one of the, whoever I was listening to, I think it was a podcast. He said, you know, one of the things you can, you should do as a dad is just tell your kid how much you love seeing them play. That's it. Like, like don't get into the, like the tactics and this and that, just, just tell them, just take a moment and be like, I love watching you play. And so it really has been something, but, but I'll tell you what's interesting. So the whole point of this is this weekend and, and I'm, you know, what I love about this conversation, I think we're going to get into is the power of mindset, the power of choosing a different path or choosing something to think about and putting words to that. And then what happens internally. And so I, I decided to do that. And what happened when I was watching my daughter play, and then uh, it, it was too late for my, <laughs> for the boys, uh, cause I was super frustrated in our, our third loss, but, um, but I found myself thoroughly enjoying watching my daughter play play soccer. And it had nothing to do with the wins or losses, the goals, any of that kind of stuff. It just I was just watching her in the mindset of I just love watching you play. That's and it. it was it was really interesting. It was pretty fascinating because it, it changed my entire outlook on the game. And as a dad, I felt great pride just watching her play. And and it's uh it's it's pretty cool. It was a pretty cool uh experience for me. So I'm trying to lean into that as a coach. And this upcoming Saturday, uh, I imagine we might get smoked again. But if I focus on these boys and be like, I love watching you guys play football, yeah, it may, it may change my attitude. Maybe maybe we need to change out some coaching, uh, maybe or the yeah, it might be a change at the top. <laughs> yeah, I did not i I did not anticipate being the head coach uh, of his football team this year. Um, oh, now, so, we're, now, we're, so. now it's excuses. No, no oftentimes we find ourselves with these opportunities, not excuses, opportunities there you go. Uh, that we may not be fully prepared for. And uh, we embrace the challenge and jump in both feet, especially where our kids are involved. So, I, man, I think you're on the right track. It made me it's making me think of this. We had like a team meeting for my daughter's soccer. So I have three daughters, a 12, a nine and an eight year old and all three of them huge into soccer. Um, and the coach lined all the parents up and he's like, hey, look, I've got this article right here. Uh, and, it, and what do you think it says uh, for the start of a soccer season? It's like 
it's an interview for the kids. What's your favorite part about playing soccer? And the kids are like, oh, I get to go out and play with my friends and we run around the field together. And then it's like, what's the worst part about playing soccer? And it's like 100% all the kids are like the ride home with my parents when they uh, I play. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, pretty fascinating though, man. Like we really need, you know what? I do remember it was Matt, uh, Matt Madsen, Stu on our yeah. hike. He's the one that said that uh, amazing interview that we had in the past. We went on a hike recently. Yeah, he's, he's the one podcast, that said that. Yes. Um, he said, Hey man, try this and and just try this on. And it didn't hit me until this weekend, but you know, you make a great point, Matt. And, and I think in general, and I, and I, and I'm curious, this will go into our conversation about, you know, everything you're doing, but I'm curious because us as adults have lost a sense of such a sense of, of potentially identity, but have lost this, um, especially men, we have lost our our tendency to be in community we've lost our uh, like we have no a lot of us have no friends right we we've lost this this idea of a tribe which is so ingrained in how i believe is so ingrained in how we're created um that we put a huge overemphasis on things that really truly don't matter like how many goals our 8 year old daughter <laughs> scores right like there's an inordinate amount of and it's just, it's a completely unbalanced, unbalanced amount of stress, pressure, but also like meaning. You know, we've talked about this too, uh, recently about how much meaning we put into our kids' performance. And it's like, wow, do you really not have anything more? Like, is this truly, and, and just remember when you were a kid, dads, like you sucked at sports, dude. You weren't even like, what are you, who are you to judge? So it's just interesting. I'm curious, you know, we, I want to hear, you know, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little about yourself, but but I'm going to keep that one, uh, you know, just I want to keep that one on the forefront is is how powerful is it that we've lost this tightness in community and and, and all the things we're doing that has, I'm assuming, has directly led to uh, some of the things that you're seeing in your line. So anyways, totally. tell us who you are, Matt. Yeah, man. Hey, don't let me forget to, to mention a book called Of Boys and Men by Richard Reeves. He's a uh, he's a fellow at Brookings. Um, and I mean, it, and it's like going to be a slam dunk for this conversation. I'm really pumped that this started off, uh, like with a, a sports and particularly kids sports, like sort of undertone. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Matt Brown. Uh, I, I went to the boats, the Naval Academy graduated in, uh, 2005, uh, spent and like, a what I would consider a charmed Navy career, you know, for like 12, 13 years, I was on active duty. I got a chance to deploy with the 101st Airborne, go to Iraq. Um, I worked as a uh, fellow for the Chief of Naval Operations, their, his strategic studies group for a while. Um, went to grad school out in Monterey. Uh, got to go to Spain uh, as a department head to, to live with my family. I had two daughters at the time. We had our third daughter while we were over there. So that was just totally magical. Um, and then was lucky enough to get picked up for early command of one of our mine countermeasure ships in San Diego, which was just a remarkable tour, as, as you might imagine. And then after that, I went to work uh, with Navy Special Warfare in Coronado doing uh, operations innovation type work. Uh, and while, and so you might be like, well, if you liked it so much, why'd you get out? Um, and that is a great question. Um, I, I left active duty to start a, a mental health care company. And I did that uh, because while I was at Team 17 in Coronado, 
uh, I got a phone call um, and I don't know, I, this is like supposed to be my intro, but this is like the story. So if, is it okay that I just keep talking? Yeah, dude, let's do. Okay, cool. the, more, the more you talk, the better, the less talk. David, okay. the, show, the better. So. Say, can you say that three times too? Because yeah. you, you nailed that one. Yep. You nailed that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, Brent, Matt, I consider it a failure that Stu actually had an opportunity to talk once. So, but please okay, continue. Got it. Here goes. So I'm on transmit mode. Um, yeah. So I, I, I was at, I was at team 17 and I got a phone call from my old ship, the one that I used to be in command of. And the ship was at sea and it was the new captain calling me. And he said, Hey, Matt, I've got some really bad news. Are you sitting down? And I said, yeah, I'm sitting down. And at the time, like, you got to, like, put yourself in the scene here. It, there's this hotel uh, at the, it's called the Coronado Navy Lodge. It's on the airfield in Coronado, which is, like, li- like a little piece of heaven. It's this Best beautiful- ever, dude. Yeah. Best it's ever. As good as it gets. And so there's, like, the smell of, like, barbecue or something in the, or carne asada in the background. I don't even know, but this picturesque beach. And I'm, like, in heaven and and my good buddy who used to be my executive officer and is now the captain of the ship calls me and he's like are you sitting down and i said yeah man what's going on and he said he said our man arun somasondaram went to a marine corps exchange and he bought a nine millimeter and he took his own life uh two days ago and i was absolutely shocked this is like the most common thing nowadays. Like you can't even talk to somebody who's been in military service, who doesn't know somebody who died by suicide. But this is the type of kid that uh, first generation American, his family was from India. He came to the United States, went to the university of Washington, uh, nuclear trained officer, an absolute all-star. I think he was our first rank, you know, our, our number one of sort of officer. Uh, and if you would have come on the ship when I was in command and been like, hey, captain, who do I need to worry about? Like if you're a chaplain or something, you'd be like, who do I need to worry about in terms of mental health? I would have grabbed a rune and been like, hey, man, help me think of somebody. It, you would never have seen it coming. And so I, I said, man, that's really bad. And so Eric, who's the captain of the ship, he's like, I need you. We're at sea right now. I need you to go to the hospital and sit with his family because they're coming from India. And I said, I'm happy to do it, brother. I'll be there instantly. So I packed up my stuff and I went to the hospital. And obviously, as you can imagine, his mother was inconsolable. Like she was like, couldn't communicate effectively. So just being there was sort of the order of the day, just presence. But his dad, his dad kept bringing up over and over again, like a broken record, this team building exercise that I took all of the chiefs and officers on when I was in command, we went to Yosemite National Park and we climbed cathedral peaks together. And it was just like this really, um, I mean, heck, it sounds like a lot like what you guys do with your retreats. I mean, it's a very similar thing. It was an opportunity to, to challenge ourselves together and have this you know, community. And his dad uh, grabbed me by the shoulders and he shook me like quite violently. And he's like, why didn't I do these things with my son? Why didn't I do these things with my beautiful son? And it's been five years since this. And there, I can't tell the story without getting like a lump in my throat and getting, you know, some heat right here. Because you could feel, you could feel in his voice, just like regret and lost time. Like you could feel it all in one moment. And it 
it struck me in a way that like very few things in my life, maybe like seeing the birth of my daughters, getting married, you know, like throwing your hat up in the air at the Naval Academy on graduation day, that sort of like getting hit in your soul. Uh, it was that powerful. And so I had this wonderful Navy experience and I thought I was going to be in the Navy forever. Uh, but on my drive home, I called my wife, Jen, and I just said, look, we lost a room. If you start doing, and this was five years ago before this mental health thing sort of got uh, in vogue. Um, I, but I was like, if you just look at the numbers, this is this is like, if you know how to read a graph, this is not a good graph to be reading. You know, like it's not just a rune. It's not just my ship. It's not just the Navy or the Department of Defense. This is like a massive epidemic of loneliness and, uh, you know, really fractured you know, mental health and well-being, and we got to do something about it. Um, so I think as foolish as it is, I, I'm going to start a company. And so that's that's what we did. Hey, you said something just a second ago that kind of triggered um, a question. You said before this mental health thing uh, became in vogue, what do you mean by that? So five years ago, people were talking about it but it was like we talk about reducing the stigma to where you're able to like, hey, I you know, I, I tore my ACL and I'm going to go get physical therapy. Now, I think people are a hell of a lot more comfortable saying, hey, I've just gone through a, a reasonably traumatic, you know, incident in my life. You know, I went through a divorce. I went through some sort of financial hardship. I went through the loss of a, a family member that meant a lot to me growing up. I'm taking a mental health day, you know, like uh, it, it, it's not the it's not like a, an indictment on your character to want to, like, take a deep breath and reset and go through some things in order to bring yourself back to to full strength. Um, we, we didn't talk about it five years ago in the way that we're talking about it now. And I think that a lot of people are terrified uh, about, like, the, the road we're on. But a part of me, because I, I look at it every day. I'm actually encouraged because, you know, we're seeing really sophisticated thinkers willing to talk about this stuff. I mean, the Surgeon General right now, Vivek Murthy, he uh, he he like straight out, he came out and said, he said the defining healthcare crisis or healthcare public health challenge of our time uh, is the preservation and maintenance of our own mental health and well-being. And you're like, what the hell? Like in a, in an age of COVID and 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 like cardiac disease and like automobile accidents, like this is the thing. And when you look at the numbers, it is the thing. But the silver lining is that like the Surgeon General is willing to talk about it. It's not this like uh, monster under the bed anymore. Yeah, I love that you brought it up, and I want to make uh, you know one point and then uh, a question. So you you mentioned this this uh you know whether you call it a mental health day or or something and i think people blow this thing way out of proportion and what i mean by that is uh you know Stu and i went on a uh a 14er on thursday nice. and we were with one of the guys that we were with is is is, is a kinetic man and uh you know we were just hiking he he's a very insightful like i love talking to this guy matt heron if you're listening you're the guy and a lot of Matt's I'm I'm referencing today. We got Matt, Matt Madsen, Matt Harris, Matt, strong name, Matthew. Lots Anyways, of friends with Matt. Lots, lots of friends with Matt. Um, but 
but he challenged me because the, the, for me, the 14er was not like, for some people that's like, that is the outlet, right? Like that's like the joy for me. It's something to like really get through to, to push myself and get through. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I did. But he said, dude, you talk about fishing and you haven't done it. Why haven't you done it? How many times have you gone this summer? And I'm like, dude, I've not gone once. You're like, you talk about it being good for your soul. You need to go fishing tomorrow. And and the point I mean by blowing this thing out of proportion, fishing for me, <clears throat> not only do I love, I love fly fishing, addicted, but what it really required is, is I went 10 minutes down the road from my house. I got on Clear Creek. I got in the water for two hours before a lunch meeting. And, and those two hours, and this is what I mean by blowing out of proportion, it took two hours. And I'll tell you, I'm still, this was last Friday. I'm still like, enjoying the benefits of you know i took a couple of uh, pictures of some of the better fish i caught so i could send them to stu and be like hey this is what it looks like to catch fish but uh <laughs> but uh but it, yeah but it i don't know what that looks so, like so so good for my soul and and i and i i'm thinking back to it and i was on the river by myself i do this by myself often and i was just literally you know i'm a faith a faith guy i love jesus and, and i was literally just praising god like every time i caught a fish i'm like thank you jesus like this is awesome like this beautiful yeah fish this beautiful creation came out thank you so much and like it, it, my point is all encompassing it was two hours it was all encompassing it was spiritual it was it was physical because i like to i like to hop in rocks and you know i like to to be very active when i fish it was very physical i was outside and it was just a beautiful time and so i really appreciate you saying that because i would encourage everybody like what is that thing and if you say work like you're not creative enough you're yeah. lying to yourself it, it, it's not it's not work. All right. Yeah. Like if it's being with somebody or it's doing something, identify that thing and just do it for one hour, for two hours. And it can be huge. And, and one thing you said, uh, so I want to encourage everybody to do that. But one thing you said that really caught my attention as well in the, in the description of this crisis and you know, uh, what we're, what you're, you're in every single day, you mentioned a loneliness epidemic what, what is that correlation? It guys kind of goes back to how we started this conversation, but, but what is, can you talk about what you're seeing from the perspective of not having a tribe, not having friends, this loneliness, and then ultimately, you know, uh, dying by suicide and, and, and different, uh, mental health issues. Yeah, there. So man, there's so many good books that I think your listeners would really enjoy. The first one that comes to mind based on the fly fishing example that you just gave, uh, is, uh, it's called micro adventure or Alistair Humphreys is the, uh, the guy that wrote it, but I can't, I can't remember the title of it, but it's basically like having little micro adventures. It's like, you don't need to plan a trip to Everest in order to have these moments of fulfillment. You can do exactly, uh, like you did and, and go 20 minutes from your house to a, a fly fishing stream. And in fact, the company that I built, it's called chimney trail health. It, it that that's what it is encouraging. Um, it's not like an outdoor company per se. It's for sure a healthcare company. But the things that we're encouraging people to do are exactly like this this fulfilling experience that you had fishing. Um, so so that's the first thing is that you don't need to do anything elaborate. It can be something quite small but really fulfilling. Um, the second this, the second thought uh, because we're talking about the epidemic of loneliness. There's a really great book called Bowling Alone. Um, may, maybe everybody's heard of that. Um, and you're, and, and you talk about tribe, 
there's another great book by Sebastian Younger, literally called Tribe. And that, and that's pretty great because it talks about sort of the, the galvanizing effect of hardship and how you can like really come together in those moments. And it provides you that community that you'd otherwise not have when you live in a world that has been like paved over for your every convenience. Um, so that the nice thing about like hardship is that you're, you're upending that and, and then you're capping around trying to find like a teammate because you need to figure out how to endure this challenge together. Um, so yeah, th those are two good books, but the epidemic of loneliness, I didn't make up that term. Uh, th that's a, a surgeon, surgeon general's term. And it's because of what you guys have correctly identified. And I think the reason that kinetic man exists is to try and reinstate that people don't go bowling anymore together. They don't go to the optimists club or the moose lodge. Um, chimney trail, the company also has a foundation and our foundation it's called chimney trail foundation, really creative. Um, but we, uh, what we're doing is we're raising funds to retrofit the veteran service organization locations like American legions and VFWs and DAVs. And we're retrofitting those, those buildings and like, with the, with the hope that if you build it, they will come. Uh, we're we're trying to get people to re-engage in those communities because they're it's a, a hugely beneficial experience. But people aren't going to go for like dodgy bingo and crappy beer. Like they need <laughs> something more meaningful than that. And so what we're that. doing is we're retrofitting these VSO buildings into essentially co-working spaces for veterans that are either launching their own company or they have the opportunity to, to re, like work remotely or whatever the case might be. And the idea is that in this co-working environment, there's always going to be a VSO representative that can coach you through how to make sure you're maximizing your VA benefits, coach you through like various veteran related uh, community events that are happening in your neighborhood. Um, just, just like, I mean, and there's so many of them, there's more of these, out, there's more of these buildings than there are Starbucks in the United States. Like they're just everywhere. So it's a, a, like a massively wasted resource. Um, but but that's it. Like overcoming the epidemic of loneliness, which uh, is probably, you know, I don't know, probably like brought on in large part due to our ability to like teleport into wherever it is that you want to go. And then you stuck there. Connected with our yeah. friends a lot yeah. of air quotes there right a lot of air yeah. quotes Stu, wow. before your question i want to make one comment because this has stuck with me for years the old there's an old vfw up in the up of michigan and we went there uh you know that it's where all the old like old dudes and and their wives would just go hang out. this little tiny shack in the middle of like <laughs> it was awesome but i'll tell you that they had something. It was special. You walked in there and you're yeah. like, oh, this is, I wasn't extremely welcome until they're like, oh, you're one of the Swanee boys. My grandpa was Swanson, right? I'm Gutierrez. Right. But when I first walked in, they're like, hmm, like the music stops. But my point is they had like the dollar beer and there's just a guy, a bunch of guys sitting around. They're not, the beer was just like a, a thing, right? It wasn't the, the focus. And they were just sitting around like hanging out and they're yeah. tight. And it was awesome multi-generational it was so yeah. cool so hearing you say that that brings back that memory and that's such a an amazing incredible idea yeah i mean so blake hogan i don't know if you guys have had a chance to interview him yet and if you haven't he'd be a great guest 
Uh, he's a CEO of Bunker Labs, which is the uh, like veteran entrepreneurship incubator, like launches, uh, you know, helps you raise money, helps you launch companies, uh, gives you community. Like there's also, that that's probably the most important element of it is that it gives you this veteran community, but also like this entrepreneurial community. So it doesn't feel like you're stuck in the past. It's like, a, hey, we're doing really aspirational things. Anyway, he he pointed it out to me in a meeting that I was in with him. He's like, not all of them are dingy. He's like, we got we got to take some of the magic, maybe from that UP American Legion or VFW post, or there's a VFW post in Denver, VFW one. They they've like turned that thing into an art gallery. I mean, it's absolutely awesome. And then the there's one in Coronado, there's one in Honolulu, there's one in New York City. I mean, there's like some really remarkable examples of how to do this. But you got to, it's one of those things. It's like, you have to build it first because like nobody's going to want to come hang out in a place that's all beat. So you got to, you have to like put in the work first. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call you out on, on public uh, recording here and, and, and say something that you had said to us before we started recording. And I say it because uh, it was us too. Um, and you, you're in this entrepreneur world, right? You're, you're in kind of startup mode of building this company. And, uh, we had talked about kind of our next retreat and, and you kind of said something like, well, all I do is work, right? Like, I don't, I don't have any friends. I don't have any fun anymore. And so I'll have to like, look at my scout. That's my not, schedule. I didn't say, I didn't say I don't have any fun anymore. Oh, okay. okay. I, said I don't have any friends. <laughs> you don't have any friends. All right. Well, hey, and that's, a, but that's a big part of it. And, you know, it's funny you say that because we've, we've talked to other men and, and, it, it's kind of the norm. It's kind of the norm. Like you get, you, the older you get, the the um, lower amount of like really good friends you have exist. Um, you know, and, and in our military days, like you'd kind of be forced to have friends. You know, you you'd you'd move to a different location. You'd kind of get in connected with the with the wardroom or the chief's mess or whoever, and those would be your friends for three years. And then you'd move again. You'd make new friends, and you'd maybe stay in touch with some of the old friends, but you get into this world of entrepreneurship and you're starting companies and you're running your businesses and you have a family, like who has time for friends, right? Who, who has time for um, putting uh, some fun on the calendar. Right. And that was us. It totally was us. Um, and, you know, I'm curious, like, you know, back to this mental health issue and these challenges, you know, I, I think they go hand in hand. I think they, you know, um, they're, they're working off of each other to to make this you know place right now where we are having these challenges, where we are having these mental health issues, where we have huge anxiety problems, depression issues, suicide. Um, what what can we do about it? And I think this is I want to lead this into what you're doing with Chimney Trail, um, and why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. So uh, th- the first thing I'll say is that I work. I mean, I've been working in this field now for half a decade. So I used to I used to say, hey, guys, I'm not an expert. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I've been looking at the same damn problem for the last five years. So now I, I have I know like what's going on. Uh, and it's not like really me. It's that I've essentially put myself through like this weird graduate school of talking to all of our country's best psychiatrists and psychologists. It just happens to be through a different lens. It's through like a market based lens rather than like pure like you know, pure, delightful academic research sort of thing. Um, so the the first thing I'll say is that I was totally exaggerating when I say I don't have friends. Yeah, um, I know, I'm totally. I, 
Yeah. So, so uh, you, you guys, I think would both be really encouraged to know uh, we give ourselves a hard time because we don't meet in person as often as we should. In fact, we don't hardly ever like I, the, the last time that we got together was for a fishing trip. Uh, it was my Academy roommates. There, there's like, there were like 10 of us that sort of rolled together and we've stayed in touch and have been very close for the last almost 20 years now. Um, the last time we got together was for my buddy's 40th birthday. It was a fishing trip up in Alcoba, Wyoming. Uh, and we're like, we're doing it. We're doing it every year. We're definitely. And then it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know. Um, but the time before that was like my change of command. You know, uh, a few of us got together for another like one of the buddies just recently had a, a change of command. Uh, he took over a VFA squadron. Uh, so a few of us made the trip out. And then another one turned over a Marine intelligence battalion and like, didn't even let anybody know that he was turning over. And we talk every day. We're like, what the hell, Tom? So I, I totally know where you're coming from. It's, it's, it's like the manly, uh, like, uh, bond that you had earlier in life that, that basically made you who you are. It, it made you into like the independent adult that you've become, uh, that, that group, it's almost like you take it for granted. You know, it, it's like all the yeah, rest man. is, it, yeah, you're, you're just like, you check in with them as a way of staying on mission in other parts of your life. You don't really think of them as a part of that mission, you know? Um, so I do have friends. Most of them help me with my company. So uh, th that's like one, one of them is an actual co-founder of the company. Uh, so that that's, we stay in touch in that respect. Um but I don't make new friends. Uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, and I think that's just a, a function of like being very focused on, on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And I would be lying if I didn't say that it was because we put maybe, I don't even know where they come from, but there's a, like a, a it might be part of like the masculine ethos or whatever, but like for me, Chimney Trail must succeed because I'm a provider for my family and this is not something that can be left to chance. So when it comes to the prioritizations in my life, it's like Jen, the girls, my wife's name is Jen. And then our daughters are Ainsley, Clark and Nora. So it's Jen, Ainsley, Clark and Nora and then Chimney Trail, you know, and then everything else. It's like if you can fit it in. So you guys have heard that speech of like the the jar with the big rocks and then the little rocks and then sand you know, the big rocks just turn into your wife and kids and then whatever it is you're doing to make ends meet. And then, you know, I don't know it, whether that's good or bad. I think we could all do better to to make your friendships a part of the mission uh, rather than just like the supporting cast. Um, but I don't have the answers on that. So, so how do you think that that um, kind of reflects into the anxiety and the depression and the the yeah. suicide um, and, and, you know, he, the, uh, you know, the officer who said, you're, you know, the dad came and said, I should have done this more. Like, I, I feel that there's a connection there somehow or another. Oh, I, here's a connection. This is what I was saying. I used to say that I'm not an expert and now I've become one. This, this is the reason that we are suffering, uh, as a society. I don't want to say like, we're all suffering because some people grow up in an environment where they build these coping mechanisms without it being a conscious decision. It's just like good uh, like good well-being coaching growing up. Um, but clinically speaking, 
uh, and what Chimney Trail, the company, is based around. So if you identified as somebody who was suffering a destructive level of anxiety or depression, you would say, hey, I think I need to go talk to somebody about this. And, and then you go to your doctor and your doctor would make a referral to a psychiatrist and they would make a referral to a psychiatrist in case you needed to be medicated or in case you needed to be hospitalized or whatever the case might be. And then if the psychiatrist was able to determine that you would respond well to moderate medication and that you would benefit from uh, like continuing to learn about coping tools, they would refer you to a psychologist, like a clinical psychologist. And then you would have a, a bunch of therapy sessions, right? You'd have like 15 to 25, something like that therapy sessions. And the first thing that the psychologist would introduce you to is something called cognitive behavioral therapy. And for anybody that is not familiar with what cognitive behavioral therapy is, it's a, it is the most clinically vetted and studied, peer-reviewed, all that kind of good stuff, form of psychiatric intervention that exists. And the outcomes are on par with the best medications, independent of the medication. So if you're able to maybe use a medication in order to sort of take your brain from a, from like a destructive rut, then you can reinforce it with cognitive behavioral therapy and it will improve your mental state and your, and your overall well-being. But the psychologist would introduce you to this because it turns out that your feelings, whether they're feelings of pathological anxiety, depression, fear, hate, like whatever, those feelings are not like things unto themselves. A lot of people are like, oh, I feel this way and there's nothing I can do about it. But it turns out that is not true. Your feelings are the result of a thought pattern. Like you cannot have a feeling independent a thought. Like you have to have a cognition in order to have a feeling. And so a lot of times what happens in cognitive behavioral therapy is they'll just say, okay, give us an example of when you were like overly anxious like whatever the case or, or like severely depressed. And it's like, okay, that's the time. Now let's talk about the circumstances that led to that feeling. Give me the thought that you were thinking right before this feeling started to exist in your brain. And you're like, and you're like, man, this sounds so easy, but it's actually not. You really do need to think a bit in order to, in order to like, like get your brain to remember, okay, a thought caused it. And when you analyze the thought 9.9 .9 times out of 10, it is like totally off base. It's untethered from reality. It is absolutely illogical. So illogical thought patterns result in these feelings of destructive anxiety and depression. And those illogical thought patterns are not unique to you. They're unique to human beings. And it's like the great... Uh, I don't know what the right word. Um, I don't know what the right literary device would be, but it's like oh, the great irony, I guess it would be that you need desperately to live in a tribe because we are inherently social creatures. But our learning to live in a tribe, like our ancestral learning to live in the tribe, has created these opportunities in our brain for what the psychologists call cognitive distortions. And so what Chimney Trail does is it calls out those cognitive distortions 
and it helps you to know about them so that rather than needing to wait until you need a psychologist to coach you through it, you can know about them in advance. And when you know about them in advance, when you start to feel pathological anxiety or depression, you can think, okay, that was probably an illogical thought. Let me analyze it. Okay, what distortion am I suffering from? And then you can overcome it. And the and like this is the book. This we did this for the Marines. Um, they got like chimney trail, like we just give your listeners an idea. Like we put these little boxes together, like Hello Fresh or Bespoke Post or Stitch Fix. It, but instead of like clothes and food, it's mental health care in a box. And so nice. you open it up and there's like premium outdoor gear. Um, and, and then in addition to the premium outdoor gear, that gear facilitates an activity and the activity is laid out in this book. And we did this book for, uh, for the U S Marines. And this is about it, the activity is really simple. It's like making a time capsule, but the idea is that they do this during boot camp, and then they get to analyze their own cognitive distortions. And when you open the book, it steps you through, like, these are the 10 cognitive distortions. So this is five of them. And with this particular activity, we're going to address this one, which is discounting the positive. So the distortions are all or nothing thinking, discounting the positive, emotional reasoning, jumping to conclusions, labeling, magnification and minimization, mental filtering, overgeneralization, personalization and self-blame, and should statements. And so this box addresses two of them. Um, mental, mental filtering is the second. But what's and this is all like this is if someone were to Google the 10 uh, distortions or whatever, these same ones would come up. Yeah. So there are there are probably an infinite number of cognitive distortions, but the 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 most like re, the most recurring, the ones that like are like the greatest hits, the cognitive distortions, greatest hits are those 10. Uh, like you can you can um, bring somebody from a clinical need down to something that's a much more manageable level of anxiety or depression just by over overcoming these 10. And it, they're like two really great books. One is straight up called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. It's by Dr. Judith Beck. Uh, Judith Beck's dad uh, like invented cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's been like studied in the family for a while. Uh, and then there's another one that's called Feeling Good, which is kind of a campy title, but it really does make you feel good. It's written by a guy uh, named Dr. David Burns, who is a, a psychiatrist and professor of psychiatry emeritus at Stanford. Um, so, so yeah, those are, those are like the cognitive distortion greatest hits. And so what Chimney Trail does now is we create these little activities. We've got a box of a set of five activities. Each of the activities an outdoor adventure, just like a fly fishing trip. It's like, anyway, uh, we, we actually do have an aquatic bugs one for kids. It's like identifying aquatic bugs in their different life stages. And um, anyway, so we, we have these five boxes. Each box addresses two of the 10 cognitive distortions. So by the time that you get through all five activities, you've overcome what takes down most people. And so you're trying to get this uh, to whom? Is this is this the uh, active duty military? Is this the veteran? Is this the families? Like who who is this for, or is it for everybody? So eventually, it's going to be for everybody. But every business person knows you have to pick your your beachhead market, so to speak. Yeah. And our beachhead market um, is is the U.S. Marine Corps. 
uh, and also the the Naval Academy. Um, so the the first prototypes uh, we actually are we just uh, got this approved for launch. Um, the first kits are going to go, go out to Marine Marine Air Group sixteen. Uh, we are we are waiting on their CO to review it. There, there's a CO requirement because it involves people's personal information. So the CO needs to be like, okay, these guys are not like terrorists, and instead are actually trying to help us. Uh, so that CEOs need, needs to give the check. Um, but we'll go out and support Marine Air Group 16. And the idea is that uh, they pilot it, but then we ultimately want this to be available at every single point of a session in the military. So whether it's the service academies, ROTC units, um, uh, boot camps, uh, this is going to be like a part of the training. Uh, but it, it's it's done like every element of it is is the result of five years of research. So you might be like, why is it coming in a box? And why do you have like outdoor gear associated with it? It comes in a box because we need to extend the curriculum. You need to give people time to overcome the cognitive distortion and then practice it for a few months and then have them get another thing and practice that for a few months. You need to give people time to like really process it. Uh, the other reason it comes in a box is because we want this to be available at boot camp. But then, Stu, to your point, ultimately, we want it to be for families also, because like when you start boot camp, you're at a dramatically different point in your life than you are when you become a parent or like buy a house or whatever. So as you PCS for the first or second time, we want another box, like another set to go out to you. And then ultimately, we want a set to go out to you uh, when you get your VA uh, benefits. So we're working with the VA right now to pilot a program in southeastern Colorado uh, for the Ute Mountain Indian Reservation and then the Ute, the, the southern uh, southeastern counties in Colorado. But we'll pilot there so that we can do it in a more expanded way with the VA. So it's boxed so that no matter where you go, we can just send it to you. And then it's an outdoor activity because if you want to get an like if you want to create an indelible memory or make it something that sticks, you have to get people into an unfamiliar environment, which is why I really love the retreats that you guys do, because it's like you're taking people away from the day to day and you're giving them an opportunity to make this indelible memory. And we use this outdoor gear uh, as, as sort of for two reasons. One, it gives you the happy meal effect. Like this training comes to you in the mail and it's like, oh, some killer gears in here. I'm going to open it up and that's fun. And then the second part about it is that once you complete the training, then the element, I mean, like, I'll just break the box open. Like inside this box, there's a, an entrenching tool and, and like the actual time capsule itself. And so whenever you use the entrenching tool, you're gonna be thinking about like uh, discounting the positive and mental filtering. And whenever you look at this like time capsule sitting up on your mantle or whatever, you're like discounting the positive and mental filtering. So these end up becoming what they call sacred artifacts. So it like reorients your thinking and gives you a little reminder the same way that like tying your tennis shoes reminds you to go for a jog. So anyway, that's the uh, Jimmy trail in a nutshell. And so and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but this is a very proactive approach. Like you're basically giving the tool as, as part of the training, which is a great place to do it, right? You're already in a mind state of, uh, whether it's boot camp or whatever, uh, creating these indelible memories and and being whether they're forced or not. Yeah. <laughs> but you're effectively giving the tools uh, cognitive based um, uh, therapy 
tools and know-how so that when when and if you have these issues in the future, you actually have the tools beforehand. It's a very proactive approach. It, it's not it, this is not for which to me is scalable to infinite, right? Because there's nobody that doesn't need this. You're very much like us. People always ask us, hey, is the kinetic man a, a veteran group? Well, well, no, but we're vets. So like it just kind of naturally that we attract a certain type of person and, and that tends to be vets at this point. But f- for you guys, this literally, like I could, my kids can start plugging in with this. Yes. They can start doing these things because it's it's just a tool set, which I absolutely love about the proactive nature of countering uh, when it's too late, right? And and now you have tools. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I love yeah, that. Well, and, the, and you might like your next question might be, or it certainly is a lot of times people are like, well, aren't the psychiatrists and the psychologists like upset? You're like replacing them like Uber replace cab drivers. And it's like, no, like the psychiatrists and psychologists are the ones that are advancing this. They want it desperately because there is never going to be, it's like, they've done a bunch of studies. You can't make any more seals. Like you can put a bajillion people through that training and you'll come out with the same number of seals. And it's like the same for psychiatrists and psychologists, because it takes a special like ethos and a a deportment in order to survive that career field. There will always be this many people in need of overcoming destructive anxiety and depression. And there will be this many you know, psychiatrists and psychologists like available to to provide themselves as as a provider and a resource. So they're like, hey, if if we don't need to see you, if if you can do this the old fashioned way and like overcome these cognitive distortions, you know, that's just good common sense. Like, let's like education is authorized. Like, let's go do it. (laughs) Is sorry, Stu, one question for I meant to is are these distortions? are they like a passed down generation to generation? Like what, what is, what is the, uh, you know, is it like an evolutionary just type thing that this is buried in? Like what, what were there, were they useful at some point for survival or what, where is, what's the, what's the root of this? That's you're, you're onto it, man. They, they are useful to a certain point. Like for example, uh, discounting the positive, let's read the definition of it. So discounting the positive is downplaying or dismissing positive experiences, qualities, or accomplishments while disproportionately emphasizing the negative aspects of a situation. And and, and yes, there are some advantages to to knowing how to discount the positive. And a great book that talks about it is uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, by Daniel Kahneman, he talks about our brains operating in prospect theory rather than rational, like rather than being rational. And, and it's like discounting the positive makes sense if you are on it, like in the, in the wilds of Africa and you're trying to keep your family alive and you see the sun shining through blades of grass and it makes black stripes. And yes, the probability is that it's sun shining through blades of grass, creating those black stripes but there is a possibility that it's a damn tiger. And so your ancestors like made a right turn and left because it could have been a tiger. And so they were like discounting the positive of like enjoying the sun coming through the grasses or, you know, so there is, I'm sure. And like people smarter than me, you have to go get some like neuroscientists or whatever 
but there are some like evolutionary vestiges that we're having to overcome when you're addressing these cognitive distortions. But the, the to to like boil it down, like if you know about them, you gain command over them. And you're able to differentiate between, hey, this is useful and this is useful to me. I'm like using these distortions for forces of good or, hey, these are like debilitating me and they're putting me in a position where my blood pressure is skyrocketing because of anxiety or I can't get out of bed to actually do anything because I'm suffering from like profound depression. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's hardwired, but we can we can master it. Hey, I know I know we're running short on time, but um, you know something that that uh, you uh, you know you kind of discussed and went through, explained the the process of of someone going through uh, some mental health challenges, um, and, and you know you 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 identify it and you go talk to somebody about it, and they you know set you up with uh, someone to talk to and do you know fifteen sessions, and and then that's kind of it. Well, that that happened to me. Like I I, I identified some PTSD. I went to tell somebody, I talked to somebody, they set me up with a therapist. I had 15 sessions and at the end of the 15 sessions, they said, Hey, you should probably take a pill. Right. Okay. And we've talked to other people that have gone through that same thing. And, and I feel like the current fix for a lot of people is, Hey, go take a pill. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you've seen that, heard about it. Is that kind of standard, um, you know, medical, you know, process there's just to, you know, identify it and then give them a pill to try to fix it. Um, or, you know, is there something else that we can do? And I think the chimney trail could be the answer. Okay. So the first thing I'll say is, uh, Stu, thanks for being brave enough to share that you had this experience because you destigmatize it for a lot of people who might be on the fence as to whether to go get some help. So yeah. thanks for doing that. Yeah. Um, this, the second thing that I'll say is that I, I am not qualified to, to make a recommendation on the benefits or like lack of benefits associated with prescription medication. What I can do is parrot what uh, Dr. Burns that wrote Feeling Good would probably say. Uh, I can just, I can't quote his book exactly, but when your brain is making a new memory or learning a new behavior, like in kids sports, this is a big deal, right? Like learning how to juggle a soccer ball or whatever. The more you do it, you're essentially creating insulation around whatever the thought process is. There's like some neurons and malleation of synapses, like synapses, neurons, malleation of it. And malleation is essentially a word for fiberglass insulation around a particular behavior or thought to like make it so that you can access it more quickly. If you have negative thoughts that you have revisited over and over and over again, they can be as traumatic, maybe even more traumatic than the event itself. So if you're suffering from PTSD or something that you have revisited constantly, you've insulated that negative thought pattern in a way that is going to be very difficult to break free of. So there is like a massive industry that is, that is like being erected right now uh, on the on, the, on like the pharmaceutical science side, and there is a ton of benefits to that. Um, also, like you're hearing a lot of stuff about like psychedelics now because they also yeah, psilocybin's. Yeah, that's right. They also help to like break that insulation. Like that's fundamentally what the prescriptions and the psychedelics and 
these alternative treatments are supposed to do. It's like break the malination that's occurred over this negative thought pattern, right? And then it like changes your vantage point considerably so that you can like revisit, okay, how should I be thinking about it? But I think where we get into trouble, and this is what Dr. Burns would say, is that the idea behind these medications isn't that you just take them indefinitely. The idea is that you take it to break the insulation on a negative thought pattern and then use something like cognitive behavioral therapy and affirmations and all sorts of other things to revisit positive ways of experiencing the trauma that you went through, like productive, like post-traumatic growth sort of ways. And then it, like you don't need the medication anymore because you already broke the insulation on the bad stuff. Does that make sense? That's fascinating. Indeed. For sure. I, I've never heard an ex, I've heard I've never heard an explanation like that where you yeah. can use things hand in hand to because because oftentimes the medication part of it is stigmatized like oh there's give me a pill right like even the way Stu framed that um yeah I framed it very, very much <laughs> well no but but it's but I think that's a normal I think it's totally. a normal response right like I yeah. think a lot of us are like you know but well especially military oh man I have this injury I suck it up and I take a vitamin M and I take my 100 milligrams of Motrin and I push through right like there's there's this idea, this stigmatization of taking medication. I've never heard that that type of explanation. That's pretty that's, that's pretty fascinating. So thank you for that. That's uh, we're getting educated today. Uh, and 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 I I think that you know one of the most encouraging things though for me, and and I would uh I would tell all of our listeners to go check it out. Right, go check out chimneytrailhealth.com and see what you guys are doing because it's. Again, I, I love the idea of being proactive and, and there's nothing negative in gaining tools that help you with self-awareness, nothing negative in tools that help you with growth. Um, and and it, quite frankly, it's an abundance mindset to have the ability to have more. Like I'm even thinking about it for not that I'm going to be a, a, you know, a, a, a hack a psychologist or anything like that, but, but I'm, you know, my personal coaching program in, in our mastermind thinking just to making people aware that, totally. you know, the, the, the cognitive distortions, that that's a thing. And now you can go educate yourself on what those are and you could read something and be like, Oh, wow. I, I, this is, this is normal. Like they, they literally have tons of literature. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not unique in my ability to take a very positive thing and paint it negative. Right. Like that that's not, that's not something, a problem. It just helps you to frame it differently and and then to be able to ideally address it well before well before you get to the position where you know like your your sailor is, is out buying a firearm and, and taking right. extreme actions right and then the other side of that what really resonated with me is the dad you know looking like, making sure you maximize like I'm gonna talk I want to talk to my kids about this stuff too right like and 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 we'll talk after about the boxes and the family things that we can do because. There's so many things that you can hack essentially to get this stuff ingrained in your family and and give your kids tools that ideally you're never that dad, right? You're never that dad. And and because these are not, it's not just uh let's go do some mental health stuff, kids. No, it's, it's an adventure box. It's like an adventure. it's fun yeah. stuff, right? That's it. It's fun. You got it, it's baby. Fun. That's it, man. <laughs> and so like that, that is something also that builds memories and, and, and it's, it's advancing your family. And so, so much, so much awesomeness to it, man. I, I absolutely love it, Matt. And I love what, I love that you're being so proactive and not dealing with the symptoms and, and actually doing something about, you know, the root cause and, and, and ideally 
driving change from that perspective is 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 absolutely fascinating. And I love that you're an academy grad who is very entrepreneurial and 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 doing doing this as a as as a business as well and and uh you know pushing forward uh f- from that perspective. So it, it it's very fascinating, man. I love it. I love it. Kudos to you. Keep crushing. Thanks, thanks for having me on. I mean th- this great a great talk. Um and yeah, I'm I'm happy to be doing it. I I did not fancy myself a businessman. Uh but I learned very early that this couldn't, this wasn't going to make it as a nonprofit because there were some issues working with doctors and uh, stuff in a nonprofit status because of like board conflict of conflicts of interest. But every doctor can take a little bit of equity. So um, yeah, we we just were like, all right, let's make it a, a Delaware-based C corp and you know make a billion dollars. So we'll take that, take all that money and reinvest it in the problem and and hopefully make it so that our kids don't need to deal with the same challenge, you know, twenty five or thirty years from now. Dude, I love it, man. Well, we're over time. Um, Matt, this is an amazing conversation. I, I would like to talk like for another hour on this because I'm like super interested in it. Um, but what you're doing, dude, is like you are making a huge difference in this world. Like you are making a major impact. And and you know, David says this all the time. You're not gonna know the impacts until you get to heaven. And, and you know, people are are at those uh, pearly gates, you know, saying thank you. Um, so great job, dude. Great job. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, and, uh, Hey guys and gals, let's, let's reach out, let's plug in. Um, let's take, you know, some action steps here. Let's go to chimneytrailhealth.com. Um, let's, you know, let's plug in, let's spread this news, spread this message and, um, Hey, let's take uncommon action. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks guys. Let's go. Uh, let's be friends. Let's go. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'll, I'll drive down there. Let's next, go. Yeah, let's next let's, go, let's go hang out. Let's yeah. go hang out. Cool. All right. Thank Let's you. you. Yeah. See you. see you guys. Man, we have exciting news. We're opening up the next house of the Kinetic Man Mastermind. I tell you, it's the most important hour of the week that I that I go to, that I attend. I change every single week for the better to become the best husband, the best father, the best friend, and the best leader in our community. This is a time that you can choose to make a major impact in your life. Go to, to thekineticman.com and sign up. It's an application. It is exclusive. We are looking for the right man to take action and join us to be the hero of their journey. Come join us, thekineticman.com. Do it. Thank you for listening to the Connect Man podcast. If you are growth-minded, community-focused, and willing to take uncommon action to redefine success and live an abundant life, visit our website at www.thekineticman.com to see all the ways we can connect. And on our website, you can find more information on everything we're doing, like joining our meetup page to get the details on our webinars and our local Thursday gatherings here in Colorado. From our site, you can also find more information on and sign up for the next Kinetic Man Retreat and the next house of our mastermind group. Finally, we always appreciate your love and support. Please share this episode and go rate us on your favorite podcast player of choice. Thank you again. Now go take uncommon action.